welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Hello, everybody. Hope you are doing well on this hot day, as usual. <laughs> We'd like to do a quick shout out to Israel. We are so excited that we have some listeners in Israel listening to us. So excited. So excited. Well, I saw it last. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's exciting. Yep. I saw it last night when I couldn't sleep. Ha ha. And I almost woke you up to tell you, but I did it because <laughs> I was just so excited that we had Israel. So I yeah. love Israel. Me Israel too. I know. Is, the, is the apple yes. of God's eye. Right. And he and one keeps day, his eyes on go ahead. Israel. Yes, he does. He does. We hope one day to get there. We really do. Yes, yes, yes. So Israel, thank you so much for listening. You just made us so excited. Not that we're not excited for everybody else that's listening, because we surely are. All right. You can check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. You can text or call 251-244-4645. Or you can email us at drjonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. Check out our Etsy store, shadowsofgrace.etsy.com. Pick you up a coffee mug or a t-shirt advertise us and uh then i guess that's it what you got for us today well people once ate arsenic to improve their skin what say that that again i'll say it again people once ate arsenic to improve their skin you've probably heard about how a lot of the victorians favorite cosmetics were riddled with arsenic but it gets worse There were also products on the market in the 19th century, like Dr. James P. Campbell's Safe Arsenic Complexion Wafers, that were (laughs) meant to be eaten. They claimed to get rid of freckles, blackheads, and other facial disfigurements. Admit it, that's one of the most interesting facts you've ever learned in a while. How many people did that kill? (laughs) Probably a lot. Yeah, I would think so. Okay, well, we're not going to be doing that. (laughs) No arsenic today. Not today. (laughs) Did you know that like in apples, like the seeds, if you ate too many, yeah, it's got arsenic in it. I have heard that. Yes. So we don't want to eat a lot of apples. Very small. If you eat a a seed by accident, you're not going to die. Good. But if you ate a lot of them, you could get really sick and maybe, yeah, maybe pass. And you probably have a pretty- apple seeds. Right. And Yeah. Yeah. Is that okay. what happened to Johnny Appleseed? <laughs> okay. That's all. You're just a little bit different there, but that's okay. I love you. The first person processed at Ellis Island was a 15-year-old girl from Ireland. Oh. On January 1st, 1892, Anne Moore was the first passenger to disembark at the Ellis Island on its opening day. She had traveled to the United States with her two younger brothers, about the SS Nevada after departing from Queenstown, Ireland. Interesting. The, bu- the busiest day at Ellis Island was April 17th, 1907. Wow. I don't know why. I don't know why either, but that's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting fact there. Uh, Japan has one vending machine for every 40 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of interesting. That's a lot of vending machines. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, today, narcissists mm-hmm. and their distorted understanding of love. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Narcissists have a distorted understanding of love and often view it as something that should serve their own needs and desires 
This can lead to several misunderstandings about love, including uh, love is not self-serving. Right. Uh, So basically, narcissists often view relationships as a means to boost their own self-esteem, self-worth, rather than an opportunity to give and receive love equally. And that makes it hard for the person that loves the narcissist. It really does. Because it's all about him or her. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of uh, that kind of God-centered, ego-centered, right. yeah. to where they, don't, they have a hard time loving. True yeah. love. Yeah. And that's that's tough because, I mean, as we know, we've been married 25 years. Marriage is very much give and take, lifting each other up, being there for each other, you know, Mm -hmm. not putting yourself first, putting each other first. And some people say, oh, it's 50 50. No, it's 100 100. And so if you're married to a narcissist, it's probably like 100 zero. You know, you're not getting, as they say, your love tank filled. And that that would be very difficult, I'm sure, in a marriage to deal with that. Yeah. Jesus talks about love, that Mm -hmm. love covers a multitude of sin, talks about carrying your cross. um, Mm -hmm. And he he came to give, not to receive, to serve, not to be served. And I think that oftentimes we we, we all do, but especially the narcissist can really, really be all about me, myself, and I. Yes, yes, definitely. And that would be very hard. I think another reason why it's difficult for a narcissist to love is love involves empathy and understanding. Mm -hmm. Narcissists, they don't have that. It's very hard for them. Yeah. Right. Because it's about their perspectives and feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, making it difficult for them to truly love and care for someone by give and take again. Once again, it's it's really about giving and you know right. uh, being a servant. Well, and I can think of a you know a child in a family like that with a parent mm-hmm. that's a narcissist. They're not ever getting that care and love and affection that they need. And that they're kind of like starved for affection. And that could be sometimes why you have kids acting up and acting out and things like that in the classrooms, because they're not getting that assurance and that care that they need um, because the narcissist just loves himself. And I also think that a lot of narcissists are created because of that. That's why the, you know, it's, it's kind of... uh, inherited in a sense because every generation passes down those patterns Mm -hmm. and that person that's been so crippled by narcissistic uh, toxicity and abuse uh, begins to a defense mechanism that's narcissistic in and of itself yeah because they're starving for attention they're starving they probably feel uh very very low self-worth within their their being Because they've been, uh, you know, told they're stupid. They've been gaslit. They've been, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, scapegoat. And and that makes them feel like they have to rise to the occasion. Yeah. And it kind of creates their narcissistic tendencies. Well, and it's like, I'm never going to be in that position again where someone doesn't care for me. 
um, I'm going to put myself first. And, and that just creates the whole perfect storm for becoming a narcissist, I would think. And it's very shame focused. I think that shame they're trying to break away from, cover right. up that pain. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think thirdly, it's difficult for a narcissist to the concept of love uh, because it involves vulnerability. Oh, yes. They don't want to do that. Yeah. Hmm. A narcissist sees vulnerability as, uh, as a weakness. weakness. Mm-hmm. And so they will avoid being vulnerable. Right. Um, which can hinder the development of true intimacy and, and love in, 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 in all relationships, including yeah. mar- marriage. Correct. Yeah. I think vulnerability is important. I agree. You know, there, there is a sense within a professional, uh, the professional environment that you're, you, you have to guard that, your boundaries. Yes. But I still think some vulnerability, even there, is important so that people can understand you care for them. Right. You're creating an environment that's more, um, empathetic, people are going to be more likely to talk to you. Well, and in in marriage, you have to be vulnerable with each other, too. And I'm not a narcissist, but I have always had trouble being vulnerable as far as asking for help and things like that. And, you know, the Lord has been working on me lately um, to, to be more vulnerable, you know, with you in our marriage, because I've had, you know, a few, you know, health issues, not nothing major, nothing major, just some back issues and found out I have arthritis and I've had to be more vulnerable. Of course, you've liked that because you're like, I've always wanted you to say, ask for help and things like that. And I think in a marriage, like I said earlier, it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I can imagine, you know, if some, if, if, if you were a narcissist, which we know you're not either, I can imagine going through health issues and, and maybe family difficulties and things like that. And you're not able to be vulnerable with your narcissist spouse. And I just imagine how alone that person would feel Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I have been able to depend upon you more and Mm -hmm. that's been amazing and wonderful. And I always knew I could, but I've always thought, well, I got to do it myself, which is ridiculous. But that spouse or child of a narcissist they're not ever going to get that. No. And that's sad. And and that's really sad. I just can't. Because, you know, you are to uplift your family members. You're to uplift your spouse and your family. And if you're not getting that, you're so alone. And I think children of a parent or parents that are narcissistic mm-hmm. are either going to be a narcissist themselves. Right. Or they're going to be codependent. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, do you, get, you see where that comes from? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some people will cope with it mm-hmm. uh, by by being that codependent. Right. Others will become the nar- a narcissist themselves or narcissistic tendencies. Right. Just to survive. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. tough. It's really tough. Fourthly, a narcissist struggles with love because love requires compromise and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Narcissists struggle with compromise and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. 
because that makes them appear weak. Right. Yeah. Uh, Fifthly, love is not about control. Right. And they have to be in control. Yeah. Narcissists view controlling their spouse or, mm-hmm. or girlfriend or boyfriend as a way to feel more secure and powerful in their relationship. So tough. So but tough. that's not healthy. No. And sustainable. Right. Yeah. You know, ultimately, Jesus gives us the ultimate example of love. Oh, yes. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. He gave all. Yes. If anyone could have been proud and not given all, it would Mm -hmm. have been Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this was short and sweet. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the reason why narcissists struggle with love, true love. Right, right. Because it's kind of foreign to them. It's difficult for them. Right. But as we've said before, they can work on these things. And God can take their mess, turn to a message for his glory, for their good. And he absolutely can. I've seen narcissists change. Yes, we have. And and God can do miracles. And we know that. And so if you are a narcissist and, and this is pertaining to you, there is still hope get Christian counseling. If you are in a relationship with a narcissist and you're not married, run. If you're in a relationship with a narcissist and you are married, get some marital counseling because like like Jonathan said, there's always hope. God can take your mess and turn it to a message. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Goodbye. (laughs) 